Okay. Hey, uh, this is a new experiment. This is Effie. I'm going to be just kind of riffing through my weekends with my good buddy and spiritual advisor, Peter. And I usually do this most weeks. I go over to Peter's house, I smoke, and then I talk about whatever's been going on. But now I'm going to actually record it. I'm going to mark him by city. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, a little low-key on this episode because I was pretty stoned, but we get into a lot of stuff. We talk about Las Vegas. We SummerSlam this pussy. I, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, don't tell me. Here we go. Second, I watched um, The Night Of. Have you heard of The Night yeah, Of? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I waited to watch it so long with Riz Ahmed because I knew it was going to make me mad at the police. And yeah. it made me just mad at everything. Yeah. But I got it out of my system. It was very good. It, yeah. It, that one that one hurt a lot. Yeah, it is. I mean, you really can go, okay, well, this is an absurd set of circumstances. But also, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not at all. Maybe shit like this happens all the time. I, I, th- I think that's one of my biggest fears is just the circumstantial. Yeah. This wasn't my fault, but now I'm in prison for the next 30 yeah. years. I feel like I've set myself up for a few of those, but I think we'll be okay. It's fine. I mean, like, we'll survive it. We'll get through it, maybe. You can, you, you can beat a charge, I think, if you've got a good law team. Yeah, I mean, you hear all these dudes that, like, teach themselves to read in prison and then, like, I find mean, out the CIA oh. was a... Uh, buying purchasing the drugs or like giving the money to buy the drugs that they were supplying or whatever yeah. to get out so i think you've got to do something so bad right away that you become the serial snitch there's in every story about like the guy kills his wife there's two things number one he never he never reacts emotionally like he's supposed to they're always like mm-hmm. he, that could just be his way of emotionally reacting and they're like no He's just that's so generous. He's no, he he just he's just not very emotional. I know he was I pretending know his wife to cry seven times, but he's just you know he's not very emotional. The first thing he asked before any information was out was was my wife stabbed seven times, and no one there's no way he could have known this. Like yeah, because that's his way. He had a special link with his wife, but now he's going to be the snitch. He's going to be the informant. And he snitches on everybody, and then he gets a reduced sentence. That guy's out in four years. He's telling everybody. So you're saying get in early. Get in early and then become the snitch. Okay. And just be like, this guy told me straight up he definitely did this crime. And they're like, what? And then you go on the stand five years off. Next week, new guy in. Hey, bud. What's up? Did you do it? Five years off. And then I'm out in two years. I'm out before I can grow a full beard. Is that what this is going to be called? Prison coupons? (laughs) They're prison coupons. You got to get in good with the right people. Got to rub a little elbow. But it's prison. There's no rules now. You've passed the threshold. Are you? Are you're not recording? Are you? No, this is all okay, recorded. Good. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'm going to say this. We don't. We've never done this before, Peter. Um, but I went to Las Vegas for too long. What's too long? I think more than four days is too long in Las Vegas. So is three the, the right amount of time? I think if you can get out at the tail end of three, you're okay. But by day four, like I think you don't care about property anymore by day four. So it's like the... the oh, you don't care about property. What yeah, you like mean? you'll just like... Have you ever Who's kicked property? down a painting? Me neither, but I'm guessing if I made it to day five, that's a Who's possibility. Painting? 
there's a lot of weird art in Las Vegas, and a lot of it is just Who's there. Art, though? I don't know. I guess Mr. Bellagio. I, I think the thing that's concerning to me is that property indicates that it belongs to somebody, and I'm just wondering whose property. Mr. Bellagio. Mr. Mr. Bellagio. Caesar. That's. I mean, they're more of an idea. Yeah, and I'm not even saying for me. I, you know, for me, Vegas now is a kind of a business trip. Right. But I look around, and a lot of people are peeking around me. And that's okay. Drug peaking? Or... No, no, no. Like, this is the top moment of their decade. Of their oh, decade, right, right. Okay, gotcha. Of their 20 years. Goodness, peaking means a lot. I know. But listen, this is, a, this is a sadder peak because this is, you're thinking of a peak like, oh, it was Friday and we we're peaking. No, no, no. This is like, I'm. it's like when you go to Disney World and you see the family together and you go, the next 25 years are going to be real rough and they're not going to include this. You just you know when you're seeing a peak, and so when people take these full vacations by day five, the likelihood of a strong masculine testosterone fueled figure doing something erratic after losing the mortgage, it's built for that, and it makes you crazy. It feeds your nuts behavior. The longer you're there, do you think there's a ratio between time spent at Disney World and then time spent at Vegas where the consequences would equal out to the same? Well, the thing is, Disney's kind of got their hands in Vegas now. They're like, they've got some hotel properties on the Strip. Oh. MGM Grand, I mean, is full Vegas. They had the Pacquiao fight there this weekend. This weekend when I was in Las Vegas, it was not just wrestling. So they had SummerSlam in the brand new Allegiant Air Arena, which is massive. And then they had Psycho Fest, which is the metal fest. Okay. Bands like, like Down was playing. And like I think Rancid might have been playing. Mastodon was playing. The Flaming Lips were there too. That was seemed like kind of an inside joke, uh, just to like have a guy in a bubble during a pandemic music festival. But then also there was the Pacquiao fight that Saturday night too. So Vegas was just like crawling with everyone of all types. Goodness, there was absurdity all around us. So I saw that Summer Slam this bussy sign. Was yeah. that at the SummerSlam? That event? was at the SummerSlam, okay. and I, that was not planted on my part. I mean, I'm I'm in a tag team called Bussy, and so it was great branding because Sunday I was flying home, and I'm looking at my phone, and it's every few seconds they're tagging me and Alley Catch because they're talking about SummerSlam this Bussy, which, number one, they said that people – so there's a guy they fired recently over there who did, did like sort of a sort of like haunted like circus pirate gimmick. With okay. dreads, like sort of if like Rob Zombie and McDonald's fucked, that was his thing. And he was called the Fiend because he was fiending for it. And they were confiscating signs, apparently, of we want the Fiend. We want to see the Fiend. So they're clearly telling security to confiscate particular signs. But SummerSlam this bussy somehow was not like, did they radio him in the office and be like, Hey Vince, is this one? Okay. SummerSlam this bussy. And he was like, what is that? A little bus? Yeah, no problem. I mean, front row, the full pre-show, if they had looked at for one second on Twitter, they would have seen, Hey, this guy's, this might be a gay slang term or a gay tag team. That's powering through the rankings, but they left it the whole broadcast, the entire broadcast on the hard cam, which is your main camera that looks onto everything. SummerSlam this bussy. Right there. That's beautiful. So you, do you think it was one of your fans? No, I really think, think it was, was just like the term. And yeah, I think it was a gay guy who was like, I'm going to bring my SummerSlam this bussy that's sign. Amazing. And our worlds collided. Here we are. 
SummerSlam this bussy. But the, the front of mind recognition that we had already created with the bussy brand as a tag team, I mean, people were so on it. They were, hey, is this y'all? Are y'all doing this? Are y'all pulling this? And I tweeted, I think it got a lot of likes, uh, which is, it sounds dumb, but it's it's a measure of, you know, who's looking at you. Please don't tell Vince what a bussy is. I don't think he knows what a bussy is. And it just seems true because this is, they said it was one of the most viewed SummerSlams of all time. I mean, they got the Peacock deal now. So it's on every TV. If you've ever bought a smartphone or like paid a bill, I bought a, I bought a flight with spirit the other day and they said, you've qualified for a month free of Peacock. And so when they're like really pushing that, yeah, they're like, Oh, 54 million people have access to Peacock and the WrestleMania content. You're like, I know I've been given six fucking memberships this week of Peacock if I miss this event, I'm a fool. So it was watched by a lot of people. Uh, SummerSlam this pussy. Bussy is available for all tag team. It was a nice end to the week, but that was so late in the game, Peter. By the time SummerSlam came around, well, I know, I guess that was Saturday night, so we were still at it. That was a Saturday night thing. Oh, my God. Okay, so we just fight clubbed it. We we were towards the end of the movie. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, we got to we got to the finale of the film almost, but then there was a lot in between there, too. I got there. I got to Vegas on Wednesday, which is Mike, who does some of the wrestling is gay stuff with me, said, it's my birthday. You should come in. And honestly, that first day, we had this mansion Airbnb. We roll in. It's like me, his girlfriend, and like two other people that night. And we just ate steak and like laid in the pool and did bad boy stuff. What's bad boy stuff? You know, just like just like linking it with the homies and like buying vapes from the gas station. Like that's bad boy okay, stuff for perfect. sure. I love it. You know, like should we buy two electrolyte Gatorades? Yeah, bad boy Let's stuff. Get some rap chips. Yeah, exactly. So we were up kind of late. You know, bad boy stuff leads to bad boy conversations. So we were up late talking, doing our thing. And I sort of realized then I was like, this is going to be pure chaos from here on out because everybody's going to get in and then it's going to be like nonstop. And uh, right now, this is new for me, but I do have blonde hair. And so we kind of have to like mention, I did this because of my opponent Friday, who is an 80s wrestling legend, who is known for his blonde mullet, Ricky Morton, which Thursday was everybody's like come in day to Vegas. So everybody's like kind of making their flights, some of them later than others. And I was invited to dinner with Ricky Morton, who didn't know, he didn't know I had blonde hair. And so this was going to be like the first time he sees me before our match. And I was like, well, let me fucking go for it then. And so I wore tight black jeans and cowboy boots and a lace belly shirt from Express and a black headband and a gold necklace, I'm pretty sure. And I walked into this steakhouse just like strutting like like pure evil, white haired with the bandana and the cowboys and he looked at me and there was like that three second sort of, what am I seeing? And he goes, what'd you do that for? And I said, for you, Ricky. So you'd feel the heat. And he got it right away. And we just sat around and ate steak. And I'm sitting here going, this is my dad's like literal favorite wrestler from the eighties. And we're just shooting the shit and eating steak. And he was telling us these stories about Ric Flair. that like, you can't repeat them out loud kind of stuff of how crazy Flair truly was. And there's one moment in this story where like, he ends up at a Chuck Berry concert in New York on stage with Dan Aykroyd. And they're having, you know, one of the biggest bad boy conversations of all time. And he's like, I couldn't believe it. But Flair was like, it's just a net on the town, baby. And I believed that. 
And I think about like what wrestlers do now. And it's like, damn, there are very few outlaws out there, but Ric Flair was a full on outlaw. And I'm just hearing baby snippets. I'm hearing about the time he like fell off his boat into the lake because he was too drunk to stand and he wanted to stand on top of his boat. Like the crazy stuff where you're like, this is completely outrageous. But we finished dinner and I said, hey guys, because it was like the promoter and Ricky Morton and then like one of the old champions and one of the other wrestlers. So pretty private dinner. I said, guys, the mall next door is having a wrestling show. We should go into the mall show. And I'm walking in with like, Everybody knows who this promoter is. Hall of Famer Ricky Morton with his Hall of Fame ring. And I get to the front and I'm like, hey, they told us we could come to the show. And they were like, we don't know who you are. And we were like, <laughs> clearly like all the wrestlers would have known who we were. But like this girl they put on the door was like, I don't, what are you talking about? I don't know who you are. So I'm here with like this, you know, 65 year old Hall of Famer with the ring and these champions and these guys who like draw thousands of dollars all worldwide. And she's just like, we don't know who you are. And we look like big gamble idiots right there. But luckily someone cued us in. But you go to this fucking Twitch stream and this is like this promoter's first time doing a show and he's in a mall and it's, you know, some real up and coming stars and fucking Ricky Morton is just sitting in the back. Literal Hall of Famer has been wrestling for 50 years, just watching these matches happen. And it's on Twitch and people are like, what is happening? And then, of course, I got a little riled up, and I hopped on commentary for the main event. And I had to yell at everyone. I said, don't take pictures of my hair. It's a surprise. Don't take photographs of my hair. But then people start kind of talking. They're like, oh, my God. Like, Effie is blonde. Effie has blonde hair, and he's here doing commentary. And so you get kind of that, like, sensational peek in, you know, of like, what's going to happen here? I look like kind of a, like a judgmental Italian aunt in this picture. You really do. Vanessa. Vanessa, you need to watch your mouth. The, the thing that really set it off for me was the pink bug glasses. Yeah, those were given to me by Mike's girlfriend gave those to me and said, they're supposed to be for you, I think. Like it was, I'm going to come back to Mike's girlfriend because this is, this is where things get a little out of control at this point. Because this is like, these aren't even like, tasks I'm getting. I mean, I'm just jumping onto the main event commentary because I feel like it. And because I like that now I can kind of jump into a wrestling room and go like, Hey, I'm going to do whatever I want. And they're like, please, please do whatever you oh, want. Great. So I'll just kick somebody off commentary, which is like, it's like a comedian bumping someone being like, you've, you're being bumped tonight. And so I did all that. That was great. That's when everybody's flights land. And that's where things start to get like, you know where it's going with this crew, but you start to see it go out of control. And I had brought my college roommate into town who he does the wrestling is gay stuff with me. We created the line together and it was 2 a.m. when we were all looking at each other. And I was like, you don't need to go on this next journey. Like you don't, this isn't, you're not required. And so the six of us go to this bar called the double down, which it like, it doesn't have mirrors if that makes sense. And it's Vegas. So obviously it's open 24 hours a day. And historically, the Double Down has really liked us, but we were kicked out of the Double Down last time for a series of events that we were not necessarily in charge of. So they've been a little hesitant of us. And it was very busy because it was Psycho Fest. So we like barely squeezed in there. We weren't being noticed, kind of getting on with our night. And then Matt Justice, I was out there with all the SGC boys. Now, the SGC, that's the second gear crew, aka the Sex God crew, aka the second gay crew. 
And I kind of originally think I came into this crew as sort of a mother hen because like I was never drunk. So if people get out of control, I'm kind of there to monitor the situation. Right. But it's it's a real kinship and a bond. But when we're together, there's sort of like a you don't usually say no to stuff. And so Matt Justice and I at this point in the night decide to go on a little bit of a like a space trip, if you know what I mean. Just a split ski and we took our little space moment and at a certain point it was six thirty AM, right? And the lights in this room had shifted and the people had left and we had now become the attraction because all the weirdos have left and now we're just there. And there's a drag legend who is in the building who won't be named, who is offering all of us poppers at this point. We're like, please don't give us poppers. And then doing full baton baton twirling uh, regiments and spinning the pool cue, like the pool stick like full baton spin doing this thing. And I like kind of look over and I'm like, we have to get out of here right now. Like this is, we cannot be in this place anymore. And it was that point in my space journey where I was like, we need a new, we need a new environment. And eventually we get them all out the door. We get back to the house and it's like 8 AM, I think at this point. And there was a picture taken of me where I'm just laying out on the pool, on the pool chair. And at this point, I guess it's like 10 something in the morning, East coast time. And everybody's still awake, and I text AJ, and we text each other at the same time. And I was like, this is the crystal element. And I get my call out of the way, and then I kind of put my middle finger to everybody and say, I'm actually going to sleep for a second. Because if you don't escape their situation, they'll just stay up forever. Right. They'll, they just keep going and going and going. And so now it's like, it is Friday, which is like, it's our big show day. But I'm also like... I'm not that worried because this matches with also a 60 something year old man. I want to see exactly. Hey Siri, how old is Ricky Morton? You'll need to unlock your iPhone. Oh, first. what a piece of crap. I want to know how old this man is. He can't There's be that no one old. In your name oh, come on. Of course he's We got to know because this is I mean and maybe if I show you a picture of this man in the year 2020 some of this will make better sense. How old is he? He is 64 is what they're saying. That could be a shoot. Um, This is a picture of him in the 80s. Kind of like just being Ricky Morton. How does he still look 64 even in the 80s? Right. But now he looks like he's 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 definitely a grandfather. But he's, you know, a legend in the business. And I knew the match wouldn't be that difficult. Uh I didn't know how weird it was going to be. I'm trying to like even brain fry. I guess we just woke up and like existed for a second and we're like, where are sandwiches? But we did end up getting to that show probably later than we should. Um, No, I forgot something. Here's what I forgot. This is a piece of wisdom. I went to the venue the day before at some point. I don't know why really. And one of the younger guys was there and they were about to unload the ring and he was like, I got to help with the ring. And I was like, no, you don't. You're on the show. You don't have to help with the ring. Let's go over to the casino and they'll be done with the ring by the time we're done. That was the only time I wanted the casino that week. And when I left the ring to get built, I went over there. I said, let's win some money. We won some money. We played some craps. I came back. The ring was done. All right. It's Friday. We're back at the same building. And there's a lot of people in this building and they're clearly usually like a wedding venue. Uh, but it is in Las Vegas, so they've got to kind of be ready for anything. And we like, we're known to fuck some shit up. And like, as the show's going on, CM Punk just returned. So everybody's like hot about wrestling. We're trending in the world where everybody's watching. We're zoomed in. 
and Ricky Morton calls this match to me. Sorry, we're going to be kayfabe free here of people call matches. And usually it takes like 10 to 20 minutes to call a match to somebody. You want to call everything. But Ricky Morton like came up to me and called this match in like two minutes. And he was like, all right, baby, this is what we're going to do. And was saying the gayest shit to me. And I was like, usually like I'm kind of used to people pitching gay shit to me and being like they want to get it out of their system kind of. But this was like the same thing with Ricky Morton. And it was really blowing my mind. He's like pitching to kiss me and hit me in the nuts and shit and hump my face. And it's, I'm like, my mind is being blown and it's so easy to remember because it's all just like the goofiest shit possible. And he was like, you got to beat me, baby. Cause if I beat you, it's over. If you beat me, we're going to run the course. I was like, yes. Cause now I can do a tag team match versus the rock and roll express and bussy bussy on top SummerSlam this bussy. And we can be on top of the rock and roll express and take him in a 30 minute half Ironman match. Well, we didn't sleep after this because they signed us up to host a karaoke party right after this show. And like, it's no secret at this point, my health is, um, hanging by a thread because I've, I think I've eaten like one sub sandwich and only steak. Like for two days, I've only been eating steak, like not side dishes. Like we just keep cooking steaks or I go out to a restaurant and someone buys me a steak and then I ate a hoagie. And I'm not sleeping, and I'm up all night, and I feel crazy, but we got to go do karaoke. And the host of this karaoke is supposed to be the SGC, the Second Gear Crew, the Sex God Crew, the Sex the sex Gay Crew. I guess they won't go with that one. But it's also Nick Gage. Is that which, one your version of it? Yeah, that's my okay, version of it. Um, Nick Gage is also hosting this karaoke. And like we've discussed Nick Gage probably a little bit, right? Yeah. He died, rose again, you know, bleeds for your sins every night, went to prison, did a lot of things. He's just at this point vibing and he just stands on the stage for this karaoke party the whole time. So every time like a fan goes up and does karaoke, they've got to perform in front of the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage, the ultra violent fucking king of all. He's just watched him do karaoke, but he's pumping everybody up. So they go up. They're not good. You know, they try to do a song. He's like, that was my shit. I love this. He's like, wording along to Carly Rae Jepsen. He's getting into everybody's shit. And then Allie Catch was going to do a song. She's like, I'm going to go do Lady Gaga. And like, you know, most white girls will pull a Lady Gaga song out at some point in the night. But she goes up and just eats the stage alive. And it's just like, does the most beautiful, powerful rendition of Gaga and me and Nick Gage, there's a picture captured of us just like flabbergasted in the corner, 2 a.m. What is happening? But at that point, I think we had to like, I think we had to call it at that point. I think, I think it was over because I had, we had, we all agreed to do a show at noon the next morning. So it was, oh my God. It was like four something in the morning. We were like, I think we've got to call it. We've got to go be at the show at noon in the morning. And this is where it got a little controversial because. Everybody was so mad at my match. Have you ever, do you remember this guy Disco Inferno? Remind me. Well, he was a guy in the nineties who did disco dances. That was it. He did disco dances. Okay. So and that yeah. was he was like on TV a little yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. And they wanted me to fight him, but he's like I guess in the sake of heat or who knows if these are his deep personal beliefs, has said some pretty misogynistic and homophobic things which is like a no, no in our accord. And 
they booked me against him because I messaged him was like, am I still on this show? Cause I knew they were doing an extra show. They're helping out with, you know, some of the travel, they're getting the boys a payday. All oh, that's great. And it's called the future stars of wrestling. So I figured I'd be working with like someone up and coming. They've got some good queer people on their roster. Maybe we invite someone to the big gay brunch, do something like that. No, they want me against disco Inferno. They announced the match before they asked me about it. So then at that point, it's like, do you cancel the match or do you just go like shuffle this boy up a little bit? And either way you lose because you pull out the match. Oh, you can just do a match. You stay in the match. Oh, you're going to give paydays to homophobes. But truly, like there were 45 people in this building. And I know what they paid me. And I know what they paid some other people there. I think he paid for me to be booked. Like, I think he actually was like, I'll go against that. I want to go against Effie and like paid the money to make sure I was paid. So that's. I don't know. I don't see him getting a payday out of it, which seemed to be everybody's concern. But it was another case of like these old dudes. And like when you're calling a match with someone young, they want to really nail it in. Once again, he walked up to me for like a minute and was like, you want to do this and this? And then we'll do this. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm going over. I don't care. Called the match in three minutes, you know, get in the ring. We're changing in an alleyway at this point. It's like... (laughs) It's the worst of the worst. I I eviscerate this guy on the mic. I think basically, and I've used this line before, but I basically say, you know, people pay to see me on purpose. People sat through you to get to Hulk Hogan. And that's, that cuts right to their core because they know it's true. They all made money in wrestling. They all were on television, but it was just because Hulk didn't want to go on before 9.45 PM, you know? So it's not like they were... Someone else would have filled that spot if it wasn't them. Right. And after that, you know, he was pretty submissive during the match. We did barely anything in this match. And I got the fuck out of there. And that was like, that was sort of the end of my obligations at that point in Vegas. But I was still there until 6 a.m. the next day. And Alex, who was with me and doing the merch and doing everything, he was like, I really want to go to the Vanderpump Gardens. And when I'd come into town, like when I just arrived, I passed by the Marrakesh restaurant which you may not be a fan of Vanderpump rules, but uh, all the the stars of Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants that work at her restaurants, they all got in a fight at Marrakesh for Stassi's birthday that Jax tried to come ruin in that parking lot where Tom Sandoval took his shirt off. So I call AJ when I got there and I was like, I just passed the Marrakesh where they had the fight on Vanderpump. So Alex was like, I want to go to Lisa Vanderpump's actual restaurant, which is in the Caesars Palace. So I was like, all right. We'll go do a little gambling. We'll get in there. We'll have fun. And we'll go to the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden. Well, we did. And I did not win any money at all. I lost money. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Fucking the tax man cameth for me. And that like, at that point, I was like, I'm fucking over Vegas. I'm done with this shit. I'm losing. I'm at the Cocktail Garden. You know, I don't drink. I'm ordering $6 Diet Cokes. Everything is expensive and there were like shows going on the next day. And I was like, I can't, I can't participate in this further. I'm so glad I got out of here, but you still got to go do the Vegas Sunday morning flight, which is, it's the worst. And with these Southwest flights, what they do, and it makes you crazy. It seems like a good idea. Like you fly through, I think we flew through Dallas, Vegas to Dallas to Atlanta, but you just stay on the plane when they're unloading it and reloading it. It's like everybody's off and then you just stay there and then you're just there for 30 minutes and then they load more people on and then you fly again. And I'm like, could I just get off to breathe? It's not good being in this tube and I'm in the tube too much and I don't sleep. It, it made me feel weird. What time did I even get home? 
oh, this was horrible. See, this was when I lost all the money, I should have known the trip was downhill from there. Right. Because I land in Atlanta, which is fine, but AJ's coming back from Greenville and I don't have my keys. Right. And I'm supposed to pick up this dog. I'm supposed to, you know, do everything. And it's very humid and wet outside. So I land at Atlantic Station and I just have to walk a mile home. I had to stop at the subway. I'm in full denims and I was just like, I have to stop at this subway and just sit in this heat for a minute. And like, I'll order a sandwich for the sake of it. But holy fuck, I'm dying in this humidity. I've been in the desert for four days and I'm just like swamped in. I'm fucking swamped in and I'm strutting home. And I just sat outside for two hours waiting. It really didn't bother me. It was the first time I'd been alone in like four days. But the anti-vax neighbor was sort of like, kept inviting me into his house. And I was like, dude, like, please don't invite me into your house again. It's, you know how I feel. I want my Bill Gates chip. Like I want to be microchipped, Microsofted or whatever. I want to, you know, I lose my wallet too much to not do some of this shit. I do want to jump back a second on that Friday show because I just remembered that we're supposed to be like the little indies and all that. And I saw at least six WWE superstars come up to our show and sneak backstage and just like try to compliment everyone and be pumped about them, which is no shade, no shame. But like, girl, the tides, they are changing because that WWE show was really bad. It was really not good. Yeah. People were pissed. So do you think it's genuine or is it, uh, I want to be in the cool kids club. I don't know. I don't even think, I don't think they know how cool the cool kids club is a hundred percent yet. Gotcha. Like, I think they're really about it, but I also think they want to know where the money's going to come from. And that's sort of been, that's the new landscape of like, we, we have the power now to like move some, move some secret corporate hands into sponsorship money where we can do whatever we want. But they get the safe hand that's being fed first and then feeds them. And so they'd have to go out and get their own. And they don't, that takes a lot more effort. You hear from a lot of guys that go, I just want to be a wrestler. And I go, what a dumb fucking concept. Go do MMA, dude. Like, that's, we're in the entertainment business. We're circus acts, my man. Did you see? I think I wrestled total less than 10 minutes this weekend. I swear to God. And I don't, you know, I don't know how much of that they include. Let's look. I know they have the times up. They always put the times up. Let's see. Matches. Now, granted, I feel like I did a lot more work than that. I feel like that was more. It was more work than 10 minutes. But, yeah, they're saying the Ricky Morton match was five minutes and 48 seconds, which, like, for the record, he said to take it home. And then I beat Disco Inferno in four minutes. I gave that bitch a four-minute match and said, we're done here. We're done here, sir. I'm going over four minutes. That's kind of ridiculous, right? That's wild. It's out of control. Vegas. It was a bad boy time. I didn't we didn't go to any of those uh nighttime entertainment places though, which was for the best. We did that in Los Angeles. It was my first time seeing one in four years in person. Oh really? Yeah. And it was great. I think you know that they knocked points off for that the amount of years since Yeah, they they want to see how far in between it's been since you've seen one in person. And, you know, Chicago has a great Georgia O'Keeffe collection, but seeing a real flower is like nothing you've ever experienced. It was good. It was good to know that there was still a passion towards the flower after all these years. I didn't want to jump ship by any means, but 
it was uh it it felt appropriate it was like a check-in you know interesting yeah huh i feel like i feel that um straight dudes do the same thing with gay porn is like every five years they just they just go check in make sure yeah yeah yeah, just to see i think there's we have to like we have to like start helping guys through some of this shit because like you know the number one search search engine porn shit in most of these places is usually you know trans women porn or transgender porn and they really hold that to the chest and it's you should you should like what you like Usually, if it makes you come, it's probably okay. Usually, yeah. There's rules to this shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it, you know, it's like that dude who wanted to fuck his car on TLC. It's there's I've seen the new thing is like you. It's not furries, but they look like planes. They're like plane furries. Have you seen those? No. Where like the gas port is like the it's like a gas port pussy, <laughs> and the planes are like sexy. So they it, just watch like like a. Uh... Fighter jets refuel and that's yeah, like yeah, their yeah. porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I, you know what? Like, good for you. Like, find your lane and yeah. stay in it. But you know, there's some lanes you can't be in. Um, I would say one of those lanes, one of those lanes is Vegas. Don't go to Vegas, guys. We're ruining nature. If you've wondered about how the Earth is doing. And you're here, you'd probably say it's not that bad. Might be okay. Bible Belt, we're okay. Yeah. We're in Atlanta. It's full of trees. I'm 31 years old, and I've flown over Lake Mead quite a few times in my life, which seems to be the one of the major water sources for Las Vegas. And it's just drier and drier every time. I've been going since I was like 17 years old, flying into Vegas. Look at Lake Mead. Oh, wow. And it's just dripping up and dripping up. You go through Vegas. They don't even want you outside anymore. I mean, all the hotels are attached. You can walk through the strip without ever leaving it. You can't walk two blocks without almost suffocating there. There's so much. The amount of like brown dust I had to blow out of my nose, like it was Dubai or something. Yeah, I mean, just walking around breathing. And like, they've got a mask mandate right now. But you're still breathing all this crap in everywhere you go. Like, yeah, you're wearing it in the casino. You walk outside. It's probably worse for you. It's We are at the end of our rope. I think we've got 10 years of Vegas left at like full hospi- hospitable for humans mm. levels. Do you think it'd be fun to go towards the end? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep going to Vegas. I'm not going to stop. Uh, but I found out like there's so much weird shit now where like the mob has sort of taken a backseat to like these corporate hands, but the mob is definitely still there. But then there's even crazier stuff like Caesar's palace. Apparently a few years back had some kind of weird eviction thing where they were like real bankrupt and done probably around the 08 thing. And this Chinese company bought them up. And so now they rent it back from the Chinese company to remain Caesar's on the property and building grounds for something like, 172 billion a year, I want to say. Let's look this up. This is like verifiable fact. Caesars Palace Vegas rent. It's a real thing. Uh, we're going to have to go deeper. We're going to have to go to the wiki. So it's just it's the name that they're It's uh I don't want to I don't want to mix this up. History. All right, so. All right. Uh, yeah, so it was in 2017. 
Ownership of Caesar's Palace was transferred to Vici Properties as a part of a corporate spinoff, and then Vici leased the property back to Caesar's Entertainment, not billion, $165 million. So they're paying $165 million a year in rent because they couldn't pay their mortgage, I'm guessing, and Vici bought the property up, but they don't want to change anything about Caesars, and as long as they pay that rent every year, they can still be Caesars, which lets you know how much gambling money they're making. Goodness. It's crazy. It is a beautiful hotel, though. I love being in Caesars Palace. It's a little claustrophobic on the game floors, though. I'll say that. Have you been to Vegas, Peter? Not as an adult. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely different as an adult, I think. I would like to go. I have I have these like weird. Mem- so my mom grew up in Vegas. And really, so we would go back there to visit her mom, who still lived there, and we would always go out to eat at the casinos. And so you would like go by the or like go through and just. And I already I like I the this is definitely why I'm a smoker. But I had like uh, the forbiddenness of cigarettes when I was a kid was super duper alluring, which just seems. I, it really is one of those things where it's like cigarettes are terrible. They smell bad. They're awful. Most people don't have that. Yeah. I think it really was the the Christian mentality of we're telling you that this is bad combined with it looking cool that it was just. But if you're walking through a casino and that guy's like sitting at the video game machine smoking yeah, a fat like, cigarette. What is he doing? Like, yeah, he must be so finding joy here. Yeah. Yeah, you just sit there and you just Especially because like on the way out of town, you we'd like stop in at like the gas station and it'd be the same thing right there. Just. Guy with cigarette. Smoking, playing this video game. Playing the video game, yeah. We saw him in CVS this time. And I was like, how bad to lose your house or lose all your money in a CVS freaking video poker machine? You did get free water while you were gambling, though. I feel like I'm getting robbed at CVS whenever I go there anyway, just with how everything's marked up. Listen, it's marked up and marked down, but you got to go get your free water from the CVS video slots. We got jackpots galore. There's also like, there's so many weird Las Vegas casinos that are not on that strip at all that are like in weird buildings where you're just driving around town. Like, oh, there's another casino called like the Woodchime Casino. And they're all the, the super sketchy ones, but they'll let you get away with more. Oh, they'll really? let you, they'll let you do some weird shit out on the floor. I mean, it's good to go and look. It's a messy place. When are you back? I don't know. Probably too soon. We're definitely going to be back before the end of the year, I feel like, or beginning of the year. It's The upcoming schedule is going to destroy me. If we can chat between those, we'll really get... I'm on a run right now, Peter. I'm on a freaking run. I've been nonstop. What's the What's the next little... Give us... Yeah, give us your dates. Since I'm right, let's, look, let's look forward. This Friday, it's supposed to be a surprise. I'm in Denver, and then I go to Cleveland, which is a show that takes place... Uh, in the olden times, back in time, for that Sunday. Then I do two nights in Detroit, Wednesday and Thursday, the 1st and 2nd of September. Then I do, oh, one, two, five shows in Chicago, the weekend of the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. That's payback for your 10 minutes this past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally am getting payback on that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's... There's some multi-man matches, which makes things a little better, but it's there's so deep into the night and you're like up and through all of it. It's a lot. It's a lot of wrestling shows. Uh, but then after that, I'm back in Chicago. I go to Chicago the next Friday again. 
but I did take September 11th off. Never forget. Uh, I think after that I'm back in LA. I do LA to San Diego to Atlanta. I'm wrestling in like right outside of Atlanta on the 19th of September, which sounds good. And then we do emo fights in New York. Okay, I want to know at the Melrose Ballroom in Queens. Emo fights is going to be the combination of emo music and pro wrestling. Excellent. Uh, That's September twenty third in New York City, Queens, uh, Melrose Ballroom, and then Friday they're doing a regular show, and then Saturday I fly to Minneapolis to do a no ring match against a mass murderer called the Carver. This is real. I can't make this. This just keeps coming, and then I think I'm supposed to go see Thrice for my friend's birthday. That's a band, right? Uh huh. They're playing. I yeah, think they're playing at the Masquerade or something, or the yeah, like Sad Christian Rock. Yeah, yeah. Then the three shows at the end of the month of September. I do. It's a bingo slash wrestling event in Connecticut, and then I do a Comic Con in Columbus, Ohio, oh. for like a wrestling game, with some kind of signing. Signatures. I hear Comic Con's pretty big there. It's some kind of, yeah, I don't know exactly what it's called, but they like cosplaying in Ohio. What else do you do in Ohio? But then I go straight to St. Louis, and I'm ending the weekend October 4th in St. Louis. I'm looking at a full month here. I'm going all over the country, my man. We're seeing America. I've seen America through the whole pandemic. I've been there for every bit of it. Who 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 is handled the best? Who's handled it the worst? Los Angeles is always a disaster because they're always halfway between like forcing people to really follow these mandates and like giving up completely once you walk through the door. <laughs> There's no consistency. Georgia, obviously, they've acted like there hasn't been a pandemic at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. You can't. You can't wear a mask in Atlanta. They yell at you. They're like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. I did. My friend was doing a guest spot at a tattoo place, and they did require the mask upon entry. So I was a little excited about that. It's New York City has not really done well. They kind of it's that once again, you're relying on people to take it seriously, and and that's at all levels. And someone's bound to not take it seriously at some level, and so it always trickles down to not being taken right. seriously by the time it gets to like street view. And you would definitely want to wear your mask out of like respect of nice people, and you know you go into the restaurant or whatever. But they don't seem to be requiring it at a lot of places, or they'll like put it on you at the door. Here's a mask. Which yeah. that's no company wants to pay for that many masks. I don't know all the science to it, but it seems like we're seems like we got to protect these children. Yeah, protect the children. Yeah, we're forcing them to go to school, and we're if I'm a kid, I'm definitely not wearing a mask. You gotta force kids to wear masks. Y'all are giving them the choice. Yeah, and then I see I see the kids that are wearing masks because there's like a middle school down the street. So we'll walk in the morning as the kids are getting dropped off. And you know that the kids like during recess that are over in the corner wearing the masks are just like riddled with anxiety. Yeah. And it's like, that's not good either. <laughs> yeah. Or then the parents who will like put the, they like put poop on the masks and they're like, look what happened. My baby wore this mask for one day. And this oh, is what the libs do. Wild. And then have you seen that lady that was faking the contortions after getting the vaccine? Oh, dude, the GoFundMe and then, says. Yeah, that was wild. People do anything to get on Dr. Phil these days, mm-hmm. right? They sort of, they've sort of backed that down. Lucy's looking up at the microphone now. Hi, Lucy. Will you say hey to everyone? I'm sure they can hear you. Feels like everything and nothing happens. <laughs> These shows just keep riding. 
through the wind. They beat you up, man. It's a lot of ups and downs. I guess it's maybe not a question that you might want to ponder, but how long? What's the timeline? I always, I've always joked that when I leave actual performing is when everybody's nightmare begins because that's when I sort of like will slip into the batch backstage role and really just start fucking on them and causing mayhem and making dudes pay more money than they want to for entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. Like there's days I feel perfectly fine. Like I feel perfectly fine. I'm not injured by any means. I've worked my style clearly into 10 minutes of combat you know, over a weekend, I can, I can work a style that keeps me around for a while. But then there's also the nights where I'm like, I'm balls to the wall. Like this is definitely an anomaly to have that light of a weekend, no matter what anybody will tell you. And so as you kind of look forward, you go, all right, well, the second thing is like, you're like, well, how interesting is it long for? But also I've kind of already beaten that where like, I'm constantly doing new shit. You know, I see guys around me who make plenty of money and they've been doing the same thing for eight years. And I'm like, if I don't evolve every year, I've failed kind of a, kind of a vibe in my heart. So I don't know, I guess when I'm bored of it, but, or I'm forced into retirement by terrible means. I don't think that'll happen. I don't either. You know, there's some deep protection out here. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's more than they know. We'll have to get into that. That's a long episode. That was. Is this too laid back for people? Or are they going to enjoy this? No, I th- I loved it. I thought it was great. I, it was exactly what I had in mind. It's yeah. you just talking about your weekend, which is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> it's but it's every week. It's going to be every weekend. You're going to have to get in on these now. Uh, I do, and this will be for one down the road. I do want to hear why you got kicked out of that restaurant that you were in this weekend. <sighs> you know. You don't want to put the finger on anybody, but the 400 pound Samoan guy can probably walk around with his own brand of beer, not sold at the restaurant. Once he leaves, you probably shouldn't leave those cans on the table because the bars don't like it. When you have other, other drinks, they don't serve in the middle of their bar. We got blamed for the, for the large Samoan and I'm okay with it. He might be Tongan. I don't want to misspeak here. I think he might be Tongan. He says Toko. That's Tongan, right? I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah, but that guy, I've watched him walk into, he'll walk into a casino with a 24 case of beer and just sit and not gamble. No one will say anything. What are you going to do? He's four. He's a 400-pound, yeah. 6'5", freaking gigantic dude who just pick you up and shake you. It's the best back cracks I've ever had, though. Like, the man will pick you up in a full Nelson and just shake your spine out. Is he just like a Vegas regular? or No, he's, I mean, he's a pro wrestler. He's oh, from, he's okay, from the West you. Coast. He's I just around us a lot. <laughs> yeah. The giant guy from the islands is a pro wrestler, for sure. I just thought I was this, like, shining-like figure that just, like, lives he keeps in the appearing. Casinos. Yeah. Johnny Vegas <laughs> comes out of the nightlife. Just let that man back. drink. <laughs> He's drinking over there, guys. Down in Vegas. Being at the, usually we're in hotels, so having the kind of Airbnb all weekend as a Mecca was great. It was, uh, you don't have to worry about where you're going to shit. You know what I mean? Some of those hotels, you, I've gotten lost in Caesar's Palace a lot. It's not that out of the question to be completely lost walking around Caesar's Palace. So to at least know I can just like get in an Uber and I'll be at the place. 
it's safer than going like, I got to get a mile up the strip right now because that's where my toilet is or yeah. find one on the way. There's some okay toilets, but Vegas toilets, you don't want to be in there too long. Yeah, They're not just imagine. for pooping and peeing, it turns right. out. I don't want to see more than I should. 